Welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on, and it can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to look at the games that my friends and I enjoy playing, uh, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Now, if you've been paying attention uh, to the show in the last couple of months, you will have known that uh, I took a little break as I moved house a little while ago. And then, you know, with lockdowns and everything else, there was just a lot on. So I took a little break. And then when I came back... A lot of the show has been focused on each week it's a different game. And I've really been talking about a lot of games that haven't been covered on the show before, things that have caught my attention and I've really wanted to talk about. And it's been, uh, that that went a lot longer than I meant it to. Um, I've had a lot of people asking, are you ever going to go back and do bolt action content? Uh, Yes, Uh, hopefully next week or the week after uh, I will have... Some things up my sleeve. Hopefully we'll be back with a Ghost Army podcast. Things in Australia have been a little weird with COVID lockdowns and whatnot. But I've had a few people mention that with all of the discussions and of all the games that I've been doing of late, I haven't actually mentioned anything that I've been painting. And I realized it might have been months since I've done that. And there are tons of games that I want to talk about but don't have a full episode to do. And I have an awesome friend who is into a lot of games like I am and has been up to some awesome hobby and hasn't been on this show in ages. So I thought it would be the perfect time to catch up with a mate, to talk about the gaming industry as a whole and some of the games that have excited us, and to talk about some of the things we've been up to. This isn't going to be one of the sort of laser-focused digs into a game that I've been doing of late. This is just going to be sort of talking about gaming in general, some of the things that we're excited about, and what we have been doing. Now, with that said, I absolutely need to introduce my guest. He has been on in the past as possibly the nicest guy in the world to play. I do not lightly say that Normally, when you say something like that, it's sort of like, oh, he's a nice guy. He's not very good at games. You know, pat on the head, nice. No, this guy knows what he's doing. I love playing him. He's one of my favorite opponents in any game system. Jermaine, welcome back to Cast Dice. My friend, thank you very much for having me. You are uh, too nice. Too nice. Uh, No, I'm not. You are. I only work here. Now... (laughs) Brother, there are just so many good things we can talk about right off the bat, but you and I are both in Melbourne. We are both currently locked down, so we are currently not playing any games, but you and I have both been painting up a storm of late, Um, and I know that you've been playing some games when we haven't been locked down, and I have as well. I guess there's a million places we could start. But let's start with a game that you've recently been painting models for, that I've recently been playing or painting models for, and I know we just talked about it on the last episode, but let's lightly touch on Marvel Crisis Protocol. Now, you recently picked up the box set and some expansions. 
I know you were holding out for a little while for some models to come out, but um, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts as you are now just sort of jumping in the game. Yeah, well, when you say jumping in, my version of jumping in is jumping in with two feet and just buying everything. Yes. Um, so that's that's essentially what I've done. Um, I actually bought um, the starter set a while ago and it was just sitting there um, and I hadn't painted it. Um, it was literally just sitting there. And um, I've, I've just painted up about 3,000 points of Ultramarines for 30K. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted something different to paint. Um, as much as I love painting my ultramarines and it's a, it's a passion project of mine, I wanted to paint something other than uh, blue. So <laughs> I yes. picked up, I picked up the Marvel box, um, and just had an absolute blast painting it from the starter models to the terrain that comes with that, um, mm -hmm. amazing set. Um, just had an absolute blast, uh, painting the models, um, and sort of rekindling my love for comics to be honest, because it's, right? it's sort of shot me down that path again. Now, when I first picked up the game, I have to say I had the same sort of reaction that I had to Star Wars Legion. Like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Loved them since I was a kid. Uh, and I really, I missed the experience of, I guess, the Games Workshop-like experience, uh, or even Bolt Action or other games like that, where you crack open the book and you have an army list and you're able to read fluff and do all that. Because Marvel Crisis Protocol is just, it's a game that revolves around cards. So it assumes that you know the fluff. It assumes you know your story. Um, and the Marvel yep. Universe is so spread out that it's hard to pull bits and pieces from to put together a coherent narrative, I guess, because they're pulling on so many years of content that, yeah, I really struggled with like, oh God, like I just want to read. How do I do this? So I actually got my hands on some of the old Marvel superheroes role-playing game books from TSR from the early 80s uh, and I guess late 80s. And I was reading those and that just, as you say, rekindled my love of the old comics. So I went on a bit of a spending spree who would have thought, over the last year. Uh, and I've been buying trade paperbacks of some of my favorite comic runs from the 80s and 90s. And man, there's some good stuff in there. And now I don't even notice that there aren't books with the game. What have you been reading? Um, I've been delving back into a lot of uh, 90s stuff um, from kind of when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of, and I love the 90s uh, aesthetic to comics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the very, it's a little bit over the top. Um, so I I just finished reading the uh, Thunderbolts um, omnibus, mm -hmm. um, which is probably a little bit more on the obscure side, but uh, essentially it's um, uh, Baron Zemo uh, and a few other bad guys pretending to be good. Yes, um, a lot of X Men. Um, X Men is a staple of mine, mm -hmm. so a lot of X Men. Um, and actually jumping into a bit of Spider Man. Because growing up, I was never, I was never a huge Spider-Man fan. So, um, one of my favorite models in the box set is the Peter Parker Spider-Man. Right. I had a lot of fun painting that. Mm -hmm. So, um, then straight after that, I, I picked up uh, Miles Morales, uh, his box, um, and the whole Spider Crew. So I started mm -hmm. delving into Spider-Man and uh, very, very much enjoying um, at the moment Ultimate Spider-Man. So. Cool. Yeah, man. I was the 80s version of that. I think we read slightly different Spider-Man comics and slightly different X-Men books 
because my version of the X-Men, of course, is the um, the Colossus, Mohawk Storm leading, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, Rogue team, possibly Dazzler, if you're going to throw her in there, or Longshot. Yeah, nice. Um, and then, you know, when I, I, I recently picked up a couple of 90s trade paperbacks, and I was like, I know Bishop by name, but I know very little about him. <laughs> I don't know Cable. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to to go back and sort of play catch up. Um, but yep. yeah, man. And they have some, gr- I'm, I've been painting up my X-Men models for uh, X for, sorry, Marvel crisis protocol because um, my wife gave them to me for Christmas. I got so excited. Uh, and then I got sort of caught painting a bunch of things and moving house. And one of the things that just never got put together and painted was my X-Men. Uh, and so I've been trying to get those done. I just got, man, I struggled with some of them, and I'll get to why in a second, but I did, uh, I've just finished, uh, sorry, Cyclops, Storm, and um, Beast, and I'm like 60% of the way through Logan, and I just got Gene, so I'm really excited when lockdown ends. I think the very first thing I do is put them on the tabletop, because, yeah, I've been wanting X-Men for a long time. On the tabletop, they are pretty fun. Um, I've never used them. Um, I did play against them, actually, in my sort of learner game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do look like they have some very fun mechanics. And that's and that's definitely one thing I love about Marvel, in that each character feels like they're meant to feel. Um, mm-hmm. None of the characters feel the same. They all feel exactly. distinctly different. Um, and they... To me, the the thing that I love about Marvel is it kind of reminds me of, you know, when I would play with toys as a kid. Yep. Um, it's essentially the same kind of vibe. Just I'm rolling dice <laughs> to uh, um, to use these these amazing abilities that they have. So, um, yeah, X Men very fun on the tabletop. I think you're really gonna enjoy yourself, man. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! Um, I also got the Miles Morales box um, because I've been playing because I haven't sealed my models. I've been a little nervous because Melbourne's been having a really wet and sort of cold uh, couple months. I didn't want to risk spray sealant on my models, and I and after chipping the first couple of Marvel models, I painted like within thirty seconds of pulling them out, of, like finishing them. I'm really hesitant because I've been spending so much time painting each model as an individual and I'm slow to start with, but like one model a week, I am not going to wreck those models and then repaint them. Once they're done, I want them to be done. Um, That's fair enough. And they look awesome by the way too, man. Thank thank you. Um, It's very slow. So I've been using uh, a couple of years ago, my wife gave me the mini Funko pop Marvel advent calendar. And so I've got 40 of these mini Funkos that just happen to fit perfectly on a Marvel Crisis Protocol bases. And so I've been proxying my models using the mini Funkos in a lot of the games I've been playing. And I kind of forgot how many models I painted. And so uh, I was I just finished The Punisher this week. Very excited to finish him. Put them in the case, opened it up, put them in the glass case and went, Wow, that that shelf's full now. How how did that happen? And then, like, actually counted and realized I painted twenty four models for Marvel Crisis Protocol. When I remember struggling to get to number ten at Christmas, and I guess you know, I guess it's August now, so it's not like I've been hammering through them. 
But when you're not paying attention and you're painting, painting them so slowly, it was kind of a, a fun moment of going, oh, oh, I have more than two full faction lists of models now. Oh, yeah, nice. That's nice. nice. But yeah, I've been playing Web Warriors with the Funkos and damn, that's a fun faction to play. Ah, very cool. I might have to pick your brains um, later on that, actually, because they're, they're sort of what I want to play next, um, yeah, for man. sure. Dude, Miles, so fun to put on the tabletop. Miles and Gwen are awesome fun to play. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm good at them. Uh, I'm, I'm good with them. Uh, I think our buddy Bo <laughs> is way better at, with them. Bo is an amazing painter. Uh, some of the things right? that he posts um, have crushed my soul. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ugh. amazing amazing so actually everyone in that group um does some pretty amazing work yeah we have a little side melbourne group of uh marvel crisis protocol players and yeah man high quality painting and so whenever i finish something and i'm looking at storm's wonky lip that i've painted and going can't post that <laughs> ever that that gotta repaint that face and so yeah when i repainted storm's face like five times just to get it like to the point where I wasn't going to throw the model in the bin. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> got to do it again. Got to do it again. And it yep. realized that because of lockdowns, I've been doing a lot of remote learning, like teaching my kids online. And so I end up staring at a screen 10, 11 hours a day. And so I've realized I now can't paint in, at night during weeknights because my eyes burn out. Uh, and I can't focus. And I, I, you know, you you would think I would realize that, but I just couldn't get my details right. I was like, why can't I do this? And it's because of that. And so now I'm doing a lot of the grunt work during the week, like assembling models and base coats and maybe washes. And then on the weekends, I'm like, okay, quick, highlight, highlight, highlight. Hashtag uh, remote learning life. I, I have definitely noticed since working from home. Um, I now have to wear my glasses pretty much mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and that's including when I paint uh, as well. Because you're, you're right, you get to sort of the end of the day or um, in the nighttime when you do paint. And um, yeah, I found I was struggling as well. So no, that's 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 very much a thing. I think uh, our old buddy uh, Mike Consto said it best with, uh, welcome to the, what did he say? The Silver Panther Club or something. Um, <laughs> having to do it like the geriatric gamers club. I was like, thanks. I think I'm older than you, buddy, but I appreciate that. Now there's another guy who paints right? things and just crushes your soul when you see it. <laughs> Speaking of Mike, he has, um, he's been painting on and off for years, uh, a dark angel army for 30 K and oh, wow. yeah. you know, black. Right. And so you think, yeah. okay, black, how good can it look? You know, you start with a black and you work your way through and you get a couple of highlights and you move on. Uh, I don't know how he does it. What's that? The, the expression es Eskimos have like 50 words for snow. I think Mike has like 50 versions of black that he's using because there aren't really extreme highlights on the model, but nope. the gradations are unbelievable. And you look at it and you go, it's all black, but yeah. it's highlighted all black. And if I would do it, yep. it would be like black and then five <laughs> layers of gray. And then, you yep. know, his, though, all black. I don't know how he that's, does it. It's amazing. That's exactly what I would do as well. A lot of gray. But oh, I've I've seen his army up close and actually had the pleasure of playing Mike um, at an event 
uh, at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. And seeing that army up close, um, the pictures, as, as amazing as the pictures are and as amazing as they look in the pictures, certainly don't do that army any justice. Right? Up and, close. and checkers. Jesus. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Up up close, that man is a, he's a hobby machine. Um, his yeah. army is beautiful. Um, and I think it won uh, PO Choice um, for the event, which was which was very deserving because up close it is spectacular. Oh, so good. So good. Now you've been painting 30 K as well. And speaking of a sensational looking army, and I'm not just saying that cause you're on the show, dude, your ultramarines are gorgeous. Thank talk, you. talk to us a little bit about 30 K in general. I know a lot of people have this conception that it's sort of like, there's a couple of different conceptions. I guess the one that I hear is, Oh, it's just 40 K. Ugh. B, it's 40K for old grognards like us who <laughs> it's like the, it's 40K historics, I think is another thing yeah. I've heard. Um, I, I, talk to us a little bit about your experiences with 30K because you, bad man, are the one who got me looking at the horse heresy outside of the novels. Yes. Yes. So 30K, I'm actually. Um not new to the community, but I've only been playing 30 K now, I think two years, two and a half years. Um, number one, I really enjoyed the, mo- uh, the, the novels mm-hmm. um, and the fluff. Um, so that's one component, but the, the hobby aspect um, is so high within the community. Um, that right. is super inspiring. Um, the community itself is, you know, really welcome. There's, I've met some really, really nice guys. Um, within the community. Um, and again, the, the, the standard of hobby is so high. Um, I started out with the Sons of Horus Army. Um, a lot of it I purchased uh, secondhand, already painted, oh, okay. uh, and then ended up repainting over it all. Um, but the Ultramarines uh, is sort of a, a labor of love of mine because I remember growing up and seeing Ultramarines prominently in White Dwarf magazines. Mm-hmm. And... I was never into the hobby as a kid, but I remember loving the images of ultramarines and that and that blue sticking out mm-hmm. uh, so much against that. Um, I think they were goblin green bases. Oh yeah, <laughs> thing. Bases, um, you know, standing out against that, and I guess that always stuck with me. So this is kind of you know me painting up ultramarines. It's kind of my. Um, uh, it's a passion project from, from kind of when I was a kid and I've always wanted an ultramarines army. So I thought 30 K would be the ultimate um, way to be able to do it. Um, and yeah, I've been, I've been, I didn't expect to within a year have 3000 points of ultramarines. That wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't the goal, but it, it, it quickly became a reality when I, because I love painting them so much. Um, I, I got them done rather quick. So um, I wasn't planning on 3,000 points, but uh, here I am 3,000 points later and a very happy chappy because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. Um, one thing that I wanted to do with these guys was not overcomplicate things. So my basing scheme is um, pretty easy to do. Um, it's, it's your, your Mars bases, um, mm-hmm. which contrast well against the blue. Uh, and the blue um, isn't overly complicated either. Um, whereas with my Sons of Horus, I think I may have made things a little bit too overcomplicated, mm-hmm. including their basing. 
which which made it in the end a kind of a, a bit of a trudge. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that with the Ultramarines because I didn't want to get halfway through and not be enjoying myself anymore. So I wanted to simplify things and if I could cut a corner here and there, I would. Um, as long as the end, it, it, it still looked pretty, right. um, which I, I I feel like they do. Um, Man, they are gorgeous. I'm happy with them and uh, can't wait to actually use them in in, in an event. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And man, that blue is bright. Uh, Thank which you. Is super. And you know, I love a bright highlight. I was like, I, I, when you showed me your pictures, I was like, yes, yes, yes. That is the blue I want to see. It's not that, you know, dull ultramarine blue that sometimes appears and you go, okay, eh, that's nice. But it really, it's eye popping, which is. Thank you. Know, Thank yeah. you. I went through um, I went through a couple of iterations of it. Um, there's I, there's a I have a box full of test models um, with different mm-hmm. shades of blue, um, and I finally settled on that is P three Signa blue. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah P three Signa blue. I use P three for yellows. Um, oh, I yeah. They have some decent stuff. I still try and use uh, a couple Citadel yellows to get the base down, and then I do some washing. But then I use some of the P three like really bright yellows to mix in with my base coat colors to get those highlights. Um, nice. Before I go to white, because you know, otherwise you just end up with it ends up too washed out almost. Um, I wouldn't gotcha. recommend it for like. Imperial Fists, but um, I think it works well with things like my Wolverine or, uh, you know, things like that. But yeah, I I, I quite enjoy the P3. Nice. Now, I have been listening to uh, a variety of podcasts during lockdown on my morning walks, and uh, you were recently featured in one, and you are doing a 30K draft league. (laughs) Can you talk us through this? Because I... I loved that episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's such a neat idea. Um, I, I don't. I will not do it justice. So, can you talk us through what um, Nick and the crew have put together um, and what you have gotten out of it? Yeah. So, so Nick and the guys, um, the podcast uh, is dudes talking about toy soldiers. Is mm-hmm. uh, literally what it's called. Um, so the draft was we had. Um, so much like a sporting draft, uh, we had up on the board, you had uh, 10 rounds for your picks. Um, and, and within the pool of models that we could choose were sort of the more coveted models that you would select for your for any 30K army, really. Um, and you did have some staple units that you didn't have to pick. So your things that would make a list legal, like tactical squads, rhinos, drop pods, um, mm-hmm. HQs, et cetera, um, were exempt. Um, what also made the draft really cool was you got randomly assigned a legion. <laughs> so you got randomly assigned a legion, you know, and pretty much I think for everyone, it was a legion that none of us had ever played, which was interesting enough. But mm-hmm. also mixed in with that, you got randomly assigned a right of war. Now, so in rights 30K, of war, just for those who don't... Oh, were you about to explain? Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. You do it. Sorry. <laughs> No worries. So in in 30k, your rights of war um, is essentially a special set of rules to build your army. Um, And they've got um, both positive effects and negative effects. A lot of the positive effects circumvent some of the rules 
in terms of um, making up an army, but then you do have some negatives. So for instance, the one that I got was um, orbital assault, which means everything needs to either be in a drop pod or have the deep striking special rule. So no rhinos, nothing starting on the table. Everything's got a drop from the sky, um, which is pretty cool and, 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 and themey. Um, so it certainly made list building for each of us quite interesting because it's not necessarily things that we would have chosen. Um, and then, yeah, and then we had the, the draft episode, which was, which was filled with either things that we wanted to choose or things that we knew the other person would want to choose. And we ended up spite picking against spite each picks. other. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. the best part of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, my first pick was actually a spite pick. Um, <laughs> just, just yep. for a giggle. Um, and I think Nick's half of his were spike picks. So mm-hmm. um, that's not Nick's style at all. <laughs> that's, that's that's not a Nick thing to do. No, so, not at all. Yeah, really, really fun concept. I mean, we're we're not going to paint these armies. <laughs> that was, that was, I, that was my next question. How is this going to work? Yeah, yeah. I look to be honest. I it's it was kind of dangerous. Because mm-hmm. it did make a lot of us kind of go, ooh, ooh. Thousand Suns are, are pretty cool. I, mm-hmm. I never knew they could do that. That's oh, that's a really nice model. So it's it's a slippery slope, I think, for a few of us. Um, yeah, the the next episode uh, will be um, us talking about the lists that we have cobbled together. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's one of those things that I think would work really well in some other game systems. I've been pondering how to make it work for bolt action uh in the last week since listening to that episode but i think i mean it it absolutely had me pulling out horace heresy uh books going wait what what is that army list wait what is that unit ah you can make an army of that um but my the the army that i've been trying to finish so i can play 30k games with you guys is um my my classic death guard that i've been working on for a million years literally over 10 years um and it's my death guard suffers from the same thing that your sons of horus did in that i i created that paint scheme 10 years ago using paints that don't exist anymore that i most of which i blended pots of to use um and there's seven layers of highlights and it is it was supposed to be like a 1200 point spectacle army and it is super bright i love it when it's done but painting that army has been soul destroying um and so yeah one of these days i'll field it but i don't have a leader at the moment um i'm almost finished the land raider uh, and I, I should paint a dreadnought. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to put some of the, I want to, I have the, the basic tactical dudes basically done at this point. I need to paint a few specialist guys to go in there. I really want to put some terminators in there, but basically I want a couple of those, the things you were talking about for, so the mainstay units, I want to have a couple rhinos. I want to have a, a land yep. raider, a dreadnought you know, a character or two, and then a bunch of bros. And then if I want to go further than that later, I can, but um, I have to get to that point first. And I haven't done it. And I did buy a box Um, and assembled a box of um, the big scythe-wheeling Terminators that, you know, Night Shroud, who are the... Oh, the the Night Shroud, yeah. But I bought the modern ones, 
um, not the Forge World ones. And then I stood them next to my second edition slash third edition Death Guard models that I've been painting for this army. And the Terminators are like twice as tall. They would have been giant. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, Jesus. So that's apparently Mortarian size. Um, they would have been giant. So, but I mean, yeah. I mean, in saying that, in the fluff, your Terminators are meant to be gigantic, even even yeah. compared to sort of tactical Marines. So that's not, for me, that's not definitely out of the realms of possibility. Um, and I, yeah. I love the way your army looks because of the old school sculpts. Right. Um, I think look amazing. Yeah. And the Land Raider that you have, I'm very envious about too. That's very, very cool. Well, that was a labor of love. And that was one of the things I did during the big lockdown last year. It took me a week to strip it back because I inherited that Land Raider from somewhere and I stripped five layers of paint off of it. Every time I was like, cool, I got through the paint. <laughs> oh God, there's dark blue under this. Oh God, there's <laughs> red under that. Wait, is that orange? Um, wow. And then, you know... Once I got to the underneath of it, I don't think there was any primer on it. Um, that or oh, someone wow. had spray primed it like orange, red, blue, white, black. And you're just going, why? Um, yeah. But yeah, repainted it. I just have to finish the the gun, the sponsons. And something that I'm so bad at, which is I love painting tanks. But then I, I usually learn to close the hatches, but I, like, seven or eight times over the years, in recent years, I've painted a tank that I'm really happy with, and it's got an open hatch, and I'm going to put a guy in it, and then I never yep. paint the guy. And I'm like, oh! Yep. So um, I, I've pulled the bits out this week to uh, put together a guy with a hatch, popping out of the hatch, pointing, so, um, you know, the, the old classic drive me closer so I can hit it with my sword meme. Rocket. Um, yeah. yeah. But Rockin'. yeah, we'll get there at some point. <laughs> One of these years. Well, Jermaine, let's jump slightly adjacent to another game that you love and you have played a lot of. And you've painted a fair bit of, if, I, I'm, if I'm looking at it right, Necromunda. Oh, um, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorites, yeah. Now, I haven't done a full Necromunda episode. I've been trying to play the game first. And ironically, you and I were supposed to play a game of Necromunda before Melbourne's <laughs> first giant freaking lockdown in 2020. We'll get there one of these days. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, but... Necromunda has dramatically changed from the 90s, and I played it a lot when it first came out. I was a massive fan. Um, I had something like six gangs. Um, I played all the time, um, usually with friends who used my gangs because it was college and people were spending money on other things because we were in New Orleans, but loved the game. And when it first came out, I instantly bought the box, and... I was a little surprised at the at the contents when it first came out. It only had, uh, it didn't have the the three D terrain that I knew and loved from Necromunda with the towers and the walkways and all of that. It was all tunnel fighting. It was almost like a board game, but yep. then you had to buy the extra bits and pieces. And at first, that was a little off putting, and it was a little, uh, made me a little skeptical. Games Workshop, thanks. But man, has the game come into its own since then. They have tons of additional hardback books. 
um, which give you additional fluff and different units and different ways to play, rules, campaigns. The game is unbelievably deep. Uh, Jermaine, talk to us a little bit about what modern Necromunda feels like for you, because you have played a fair bit of it. Yeah, so we, um, the the sort of group that we've got uh, for Necromunda out here, I think last campaign there would have been about 10 of us, 10 mm -hmm. or 12 of us, um, which I never expected. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Jake, about Necromunda, mm -hmm. and we both bought the original box set, as you did. Mm-hmm. And we literally thought we would just be playing games against each other. Mm -hmm. We we didn't think uh, everyone else would want to jump in. But as you said, with the new expansions, it's really busted the game wide open. I think when GW first launched Necromunda, it was pretty bare bones mm -hmm. for people that had been accustomed to the chunk that Necromunda had back in the 90s. Right. Um, I never played it. Back then, I'm only a new convert to, to Necromunda. But these new expansions, from what Jake tells me, definitely makes the game feel very much more like the older game than the new one when it was first brought out, which, which, which as you said, definitely had more of a game board feel yeah, to it. It, was, it, it, was, it was definitely that sort of skewed that way a little bit more. The models themselves are amazing. I, I love the models. Even in that first iteration of that box set, the Escher and the Goliath gang that you get with them are brilliant. Right. Um, but definitely had a game, uh, a board game feel to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that initially put a lot of people off. Um, but I think GW putting out these expansions, fleshing the gangs out a lot more, and the other things they've fleshed out is not just the gangs, but also the other characters within Necromunda. So you can mm -hmm. now get a Cal Jericho. You can now get a um, different slew of bounty hunters, a slop hauler, and, and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other things um, that just add to the game. And the atmosphere of the game um, is a world that I really enjoy. It's it's kind of cyberpunky and very, mm -hmm. very, very sci-fi as well. Um, so I enjoy the the world. The novels are great. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right into the novels. But the campaign right, is where it's really at. Yeah. That's that's where all the fun is to be had when you're when you're accruing credits and and territories and mm -hmm. you know, you're watching other people do that as well with their gangs. And um, that's where the fun of it is. And that's where that's where a lot of the stories behind your crew and behind characters just evolve really organically mm -hmm. just moment to moment in games you know you might you might have a ganger that killed to you know killed a champion and a um and a leader and now all of a sudden he has his own story and yeah you never anticipated that but it's happened organically in the game and that's i think that's the brilliant thing with necromunda that was one of my favorite things about the 90s when I played it a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, look, like he's done this in the past and she's done that. And it really did. Each one of the models became almost their own little person, their own little personality. And yep. reading through some of the books for the new game, they've just fleshed that out so much more than was even possible with the 90s game. And the 90s game was great. So I'm... 
unbelievably happy with you know the books that I've bought and that I've read through. Um, you know, just reading it is fun. Uh, but I am super keen to put it on the tabletop, especially since the gang that I I sold all my Necromunda stuff over the years, sadly, uh, except for one, uh, which was my Redemptionists. And I pulled together a giant pile of Redemptionist models uh, when, oh God, maybe 10 years ago uh, when I was playing 40K. Yep. And I was trying to put together a unit of zealots um, in a Sisters of Battle army or something, something like that. Uh, yep. And so I ended up with a box of redemptionist type models from a variety, you know, some of them from the early 80s, from back when it was called Necromunda, was before Necromunda Confrontation. So I have some of the old Venator models and then the actual redemptionists and then, you know, uh, random priest models from 40k ranges and a few from fantasy and so i have this box of models and i've just been sitting on it the whole time going really want to do something with this still don't have redemptionist rules still you know because they were one of the additional gangs that came out um as part of the outlaw box years later so i was so excited i was like yeah yeah yeah, they're gonna finally do them and then necromunda's been out for years and they never did the redemptionist until now and so I just bought House of Faith a couple weeks ago before, nice. not this lockdown, the lockdown before, um, which is getting kind of hard to tell at this point. But yes, <laughs> um, when I finish the project I'm currently on, uh, Redemptionists are definitely going to be added to the queue uh, because, yeah, reasons. I want to I wanna get Bernie. Yeah. Can't wait. Fantastic. Can't wait. Fantastic. Well, we- no, well, we would love to have you along for the next campaign. Actually, before, just before this, as you said, this current lockdown, which feels like the previous one, which I don't know how many we're up to now, but um, we were just about to kick off another campaign. Oh, no. So, yeah, <laughs> we were just, we were, I had just made, because um, the other thing I like doing, it's kind of nerdy, but I like making up posters for events <laughs> for Nothing for wrong with that, man. campaigns. Because, Within a campaign, you've got like a week in the middle of the campaign where it's pretty much just an off week. Like no one's fighting over territory, mm-hmm. no one's no one's trying to maim and kill each other. You're just doing fun things. And one of the things that we normally do is we have a kind of um, almost like a like a running man esque event where you take one champion and it's last man standing wins. Um, and it's a, and it's a multiplayer thing. So I think the last one we'd done, I think there was seven of us playing, um, uh, in this event. So we kind of bill it almost as an ultimate fighting championship type spectacle. Um, and, and I make the adjoining posters for that. So I had just finished doing the poster for, you know, we, we thought let's do that event at the start just to get everyone kind of reacquainted with the rules. Um, cause it, it, it had been, you know, a while since we played, um, since we wrapped up the last campaign. Um, so yeah, we were just about to do that. And I just made the poster and, and, oh, no. stuff, and then, um, and then this happened. So, uh, eventually we will get there. We'll get there. It's just mm-hmm. postponed for now, but, um, yeah, man, we'd definitely love to have you along on the next campaign. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. It'd be fun. Cause that's, that's where the fun is. Uh, that's right. With Necromunda. 
Uh, I have to give props to anytime anyone mentions anything having to do with uh, that Arnold classic, The Running Man. Love that movie. I when I when I read the scenario in the book, that is the first thing that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the adjoining cheesy lines in that movie, which which are gold. Absolute gold. <laughs> yes. I forgot, because I, I watched it during lockdown last year, because we watched a lot of movies. Um, I forgot Mick Fleetwood's in that movie. Uh, he's the resistance leader at, at, oh, at the end. Oh, yes. And was like, oh, my God, that's Mick Fleetwood. Because as a kid, I didn't know who Fleetwood Mac was. Like, I knew the songs, yeah, but I didn't know yeah, what they would yeah. look like. And went, oh. That's funny. How have I seen this movie a million times and not realized that he... Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess I did mention um, that I've been working on stuff. Uh, so, obviously, I've been painting Marvel Crisis Protocol models. I've mentioned that. Uh, I've been trying to paint one a week just to keep constant with it. But the other thing I've been doing, besides my never-ending G.I. Joe project, is... Um, <laughs> Again, during before the big lockdown last year, um, I wanted to get something painted f- to play Bot War. Now, Bot War, uh, Australian-made game, giant robots set in the '80s. My kind of jam. Love it. Um, we've had we've talked about it on the show several times. Had the writer on, or sorry, the author on several times. It looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Um, our friend Mark Unsworth, Marky Mark, um, has put together a couple of. Bot War, uh, I don't want to say gangs. Uh, I, I guess I have Necromunda on the on the brain. Um, armies, forces, whatever, um, to play. And so he's challenged me. So I last year I painted the democracy set, um, which is a lot of the vehicles. It's like human beings, uh, vehicles. So you have like the F-16. Um, you have a couple of tanks, um, you know, a missile destroyer, things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I painted those up, but obviously Bot War is supposed to generally be giant robots. So um, I, I did buy quite a few of these during the big lockdown last year, um, the actual models for the game, plus a few boutique models that aren't made um, for the game but happen to scale in um, that look yep. a lot like <clears throat> Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Given <laughs> that I'm an 80s guy. Um, and so I've been painting up... Uh, some of the boutique models to look like Autobots slash some of the Bot War models to look like Autobots. Um, so there's a Bot War uh, robot that has is turned out of a Jeep, and so I called 4x4, and so I painted him to look like the G1 Autobot Hound. Um, I painted Ironhide, Trailbreaker, um, and I'm currently working on um, the the actual official bot war sort of leader of the good guy robots, which is called the War Duke. Um, but I'm <clears throat> painting them in Optimus Prime colors, which I know I'm probably not supposed to do. Um, you know, I hate to, to, to do that with, a, you know, such a cool game that has its own personality and flair, and I really want to add to the, the community and the universe, but I also happen to be a massive 80s nerd. And so I'm just going, look, I'm going to paint my Autobots now. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to getting those done. And just doing one a week there has been so much fun um, because I love painting hard corners and edge, edge highlighting and things like that. So, yeah, so much fun. Uh, I can't wait to play that game. Uh, and I've been working on terrain and the never-ending G.I. Joe project, um, 
And I've had a few people ask, you know, when is the G.I. Joe thing ever going to end? Because I've been working on it for a long time. I don't know if it ever will. Um, I still have a giant box of vehicles. Um, someone asked, how many Hiss tanks do you have? I have four painted. <laughs> I have eight more unpainted. Um, so, look, I might be painting his tanks for a while. Uh, but, yeah, so much fun. Uh, and, yes, I am going to be using them for bolt action. I cannot wait. Um, but because of lockdowns and whatnot, I've been sort of celebrating how that project's been going by taking some uh, army glamour shots. So if you haven't uh, been to the Cast Dice Facebook page and you want to see what I'm talking about, uh, you can go onto there and see all of my random crap. But yes, so excited. Um, Jermaine, yeah. what else have you been painting, my friend? Because uh, you ha you paint for quite a few game systems. I do, I do. I'm I'm a very um, I see something shiny off in the distance, and off I go. So, <laughs> um, my 30k Ultramarines is my fallback, and like yourself with the GI Joes, mm -hmm. I do have a lot of friends kind of teasing me, going, "What what shade of blue are you painting today?" Jermaine. Um, and they're normally right. I am normally painting something blue. So um, trying to step away from that. So besides Necromunda, which is also another constant, um, mm -hmm. obviously you've heard uh, with the Marvel stuff, I'm absolutely loving. Um, and I've got to put together a heap of models. Assembly is the part of the hobby that I absolutely loathe and detest. Mm -hmm. So I'll get through that mm -hmm. slowly and then get to, get to the fun painting. But just recently, one mistake Nick Beatty has lured me over into a game system that I never thought I would look at um, because it's an old game system. I am painting <laughs> I am painting some models for Warhammer 6th edition. Oh man, get out. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. 6th edition is I... one of my favorites. It's such a good really? one. That's the box that had the orcs in it, right? Um, the orcs I, and the empire? I... Yes, it is. I just, I, I, yeah, it is. I am, I am not sure. I, I had heard, <laughs> I had heard that Nick and a few of the guys were getting into sixth edition, mm -hmm. and I started laughing and giggling, going, "That's super silly. That game doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Why would you ever do that?" And a week later, I now have written plans for two armies. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, Nick, Nick got me, man. He got me when he said. Warhammer 6th edition is what 30k is like compared to a 40k. Yeah. And I went, oh, you really played on my love of 30k there, didn't you, buddy? Mm -hmm. So I I did take a look at it. Um he was he was nice enough to to let me uh flick through an old rule book. Um mm -hmm. and I kind of dug it and he he showed me his um his sixth edition uh, chaos, um, so gorgeous, right? And some of the art in there is mm -hmm. by one of my favorite artists, and that's Adrian Smith. Mm -hmm. um, and Adrian Smith, I backed his hate Kickstarter about two years ago, and these hate miniatures have just been sitting here doing nothing. I, I, mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what to use them for. And this is the perfect opportunity to get these bad boys on the table. So I have actually been painting um, some hate miniatures from that Kickstarter. Brilliant. Uh, and they have been an absolute joy to paint. And cannot wait to 
weirdly put these guys on square bases and um <laughs> yeah which is something i because i'm i've only been in the hobby now for six years i think six or seven years i never played fantasy um so, you know and i know a lot of the boys played six seventh and eighth yeah um before that that turned over to age of sigma mm-hmm. um and from what they tell me out of all those games, they did prefer sixth over um, seventh and eighth. So mm-hmm. uh, we're giving that a try, and it's somehow gone from Nick and two other guys to there's probably about twelve of us now, and apparently there's a bit of a scene here in Melbourne um, for sixth edition fantasy. So sounds um, like friend- I need to be added to a Facebook group because my square base chaos army never made it onto rounds because <laughs> I was hoping that this would happen at some point. Oh wow, we have another one. Okay, I will um I will add you to the group and my friend this group seems to be growing by the day. Um, oh, it literally wow. does because there is quite a few of the boys that still have a lot of things on square bases mm-hmm. and they couldn't part with them when 8th blew up. And yep. um, they never chucked them over to rounds. Mm-hmm. So, and with um, Games Workshop saying they're bringing out, or I guess Forge World saying they're bringing out the old world um, mm-hmm. a year or two, that yes. has kind of made us gone. Well, at least when that game comes out, we've got things on squares. You know, we're, we're sort of mm-hmm. prepped for that. Or that's, or that's how I'm trying to convince my own mind that this is okay. <laughs> right? Oh <This> man. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome, man. Another one to the group. Yeah, so that's yeah. So that's what that's what I've been painting, and it's a nice kind of change of pace from painting. It is, you know, sci-fi, you know, ultramarines to mm-hmm. um, barbarians. It's it's super fun, um, and that's I think you know being in lockdown and having quite a bit of time to paint. I think that's one of the things that that kind of keeps me going in that just painting the things that I enjoy, as opposed to painting something for an event that I kind of feel obligated to paint. So um, I think keeping it fresh and, you know, just just painting the things that you want to paint has certainly led to um, a greater output of, of models that I've got painted. Agreed. Weirdly, when I when lockdown first kicked in, I thought, well, I'm going to have to work hard at this. Otherwise, I'm going to drop to nothing. Uh, But just ticking along on something a little bit every week uh, has really led to, I think my output, as you put it, has really kicked in. But because I don't have like bolt action events to paint for, um, I've really gone down some weird nostalgic holes. Um, Case in point, this massive G.I. Joe army that I'm sitting on, um, or should I say two armies or three armies, depending on how you break it up. Um, but also, you know, you know, painting the bot war models. I painted a ton of pulp models last year to play a variety of games. I got Necromunda stuff, uh, in the shoot. Um, and I did paint some Necro stuff last year and I've been painting a ton of terrain, some of it for Necro. So I'd be ready to play. Um, but it's really led to like this weird fallback into, and I know I've talked about it before, into on nostalgia, like the things that really, yeah. I guess, make me happy. In that case, in this case, it's, you know, 80s toys and yep. Marvel for me at the moment. But I've been listening to, on my morning walks, I've been listening to a lot of 30K novels. I purposely let them go for a couple of years um, so I wasn't catching up. 
um, because I was waiting for the Siege of Terra to happen um, because that was something that I always wanted to hear. And then time got away from me and a bunch of Siege of Terra books came out and I didn't read any of them. Uh, But I've been listening to them on Audible and I'm up to, I just started Saturnine, the third book by one of my favorite authors, Dan Abnett. So I'm very excited about that. But looking at, like reading those, um, and I have been reading parts and listening to audiobooks for parts because I, I do own the books. Um, I have been also looking at the Hero Hammer magazine, um, the fanzine, which feels like old classic White Dwarf. They just came out with their second issue God, maybe a month ago. And looking, being in a bunch of like Road Trader, Second Ed, um, groups on Facebook and then, you know, looking at classic models, looking at classic paint jobs, listening to 30K battles has really kind of got me thinking, oh, I kind of want to paint something Games Workshop, but I don't know what. Um, And I kind of want to paint old fantasy models. But yeah, it's just, I guess, painting to be happy. Um, rather than painting for a purpose. Like, I I don't particularly care if I finish an army at this point. Um, you know, does finishing the Land Raider make me happy today? Cool, I'll sit down and do that. Um, I, I had the Punisher, like, half... I had him washed and base-coated for months. Uh, and then I sat down, and one night was like, you know what, I feel like painting the Punisher. Because I read a Punisher comic, and then painted the Punisher. Yep. And boom, done, sorted. And then, what do I feel like painting today? And weirdly, I think I might feel like painting a blue porta potty for Marvel Crisis Protocol. But <laughs> yeah. reasons, anyway. Um, yep. But it's been like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I. It's it's funny that we have to actually stop and think. What what do I enjoy painting? And you're right, as opposed to painting for an event, which. Which is still pleasurable in its own way. It is. But, but, you know, actually sitting there going, you know what, today I'm going to paint a dumpster and then I'm going to graffiti all over it. Right. That's and... what I'm going to do today. Yeah. Um, is super satisfying. Um, and it's something I think it's, it's definitely for me unlocked um, a way to be able to paint a lot more. Um, yeah. You know, and and a way to be able to still enjoy what I'm painting, and to be able to go back to projects as big as something like the Ultramarines, mm-hmm. and still have that that sort of love and passion that you had when you first went in. Like I've I've had armies where I've really enjoyed the start, you know, mm-hmm. but a thousand points in, I'm kind of like, wow, this is this is becoming a bit of a trudge now. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I think the secret to that was just, yeah, mix it up every now and then paint a porta potty, paint a, paint a daily bugle stand, yes. paint some, you know, paint a random car um, and put battle damage on it. It's just, it's those things that sort of break it up and then you can come back and go, cool, I'm going to start painting blue again. Or, you know, I haven't painted an ultramarine in, in a couple of weeks and there's a large part of me that misses <laughs> painting mm-hmm. blue gold. So I think I will circle back to them in the next week or two. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny how lockdown, because I was like you at the start where I thought, oh, painting during lockdown, I'm sure within a week or two, I'm going to get burnt out and mm-hmm. touch a brush again. But 
you know, painting the things that you love and painting for happiness, as, as cheesy as that sounds, I think is the is the key to it for sure. It is, man. It is, right? And I don't know if I ever would have gotten to this point as a painter if it wasn't for rolling lockdowns and COVID and everything else. But I weirdly think I might be a happier hobbyist because yeah, of it sure. in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And and the thing, like the, the photos of the G.I. Joe stuff um, that you took, you know, me being such a big G.I. Joe fan as well, I saw that the other day. Uh, and that was awesome. Like I, I looked at those pictures. Right? The only thing I could think in my head was the old GI Joe cartoons. All mm-hmm. the voices and stuff started to come back to me, mm-hmm. um, which which I thought was awesome. Um, you know, uh, yeah, those those pictures are rad. Um, you know, hearing about your Autobots, non Autobots, mm-hmm. uh, very cool as well. Yeah, man, it's been it's been tons of fun just to to sit down and. I guess revisit old friends, I think is how I said it Yeah. Um, to a friend yeah. the other day. And yep. yeah, I, I bought a Transformers collecting guide because I'd pretty much worn the, the spine out of my G.I. Joe collecting guide for paint job <laughs> ideas. Um, and God, opening that book. Oh, it took me down a dark, dark hole of Transformers. And <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I may yeah. have just found a 3D print file for Devastator, the giant robot that Constructicons oh, combined into, yeah. right? Um, because I have yeah. the Constructicons. Now I have yeah. Dev, and yeah, I, I'm like, okay, now I need Devastator, yeah. so I can. He mm. he would be so fun to paint. Right, I love that that color combination that he has mm-hmm. is just so off the charts and wild, and so very cool. Like lime green be, and dark oh, purple, man. hit me. He, he would be very fun to paint. Yeah. Um, extremely fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm looking for it just flashed before on my Facebook um, a day or two ago, but some three D renders of the Masters of the Universe models from mm-hmm. the Kickstarter mm-hmm. that um, they're gonna have soon. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, I'm I'm in trouble here. Oh I'm in trouble man. Here if, uh... And I know the Masters of the Universe cartoon is getting all sorts of hate, but I, I actually liked it. Sorry, guys. Um, it was I enjoyed cool it. to see, right? It was cool to see everything. Not to mention Henry Rollins being it. Triclops. Like, yeah, gotta love it, I, right? I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, like, I can see, I can see why there there is there is a bit of hate, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it, man. As a whole, like, um, it's it's a He-Man cartoon. I'm not gonna get too upset about it. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> there's a Quest Quest Miniatures, I think it is, on Etsy has a fantastic range like the first half of their like towards the end they do get a little um simpler um i guess is yep. the less detail on the models and a little more rounded but the the first half of their masters range which is all the big names um their models are outstanding uh and uh of course crooked dice just came out with uh, they're Thundercats last year. And so I have both the mutants and the Thundercats from the Thundercats cartoon and the 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 the, you know, the good guys and the bad guys and the masters of the universe all sitting in a box. And I'm just looking at them going, gotta, gotta do these one of these days. Uh, but I still don't have a battle cat. So I might have to fix that. I, I have not seen the... Thundercats models, um, and please don't show me. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to see them? Dark, 
that's a dark path, my friend. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to. Nope. Nope. Um, don't want to see him. Uh. <laughs> well, Cricket Dice, the 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 owner of Cricket Dice, um, has been on a couple of times, and he knows what a '80s fanatic I am. So he sent me the link, and I was like, "Bastard!" Yeah. And then on top of that, he's like, "Yeah." Uh, for the A team, I should say, he sent me those, and I was like, "You are a bad man," because you know I want the A team. Um, but they're gonna do an '80s Kickstarter uh, when they do Seven uh, TV '80s, which I think is next year, twenty twenty two. And in there, I heard a rumor there's gonna be some vehicles, and I'm just going, "Oh God, man!" If it, yeah, if you're I don't, saying look, what I think you're saying. Like I'm, I'm just saying, they trouble. already do the Ghostbusters mobile in their current range. I'm just saying. Yep. If yep. they do that, and I've heard hints of vehicles, and they've already teased um, through their Facebook page that they're going to do the visitor's Jeep from V. I saw that. Right? So if they do that, you know, are we going to get a Knight Rider? Are we going to get, no. are we going to get, I, I think they already do a Hoff model. Um, what other 80s classic cars are there? But I'm just like, oh, why did you have to hint that there's a, so n- I, then I just spent the entire rest of the night staring at the wall going, yeah. what are 80s vehicles that I can add here? Or that they might do. And I'm just like, God damn it. I'm going to end up painting a million 80s cars and it's going to be yeah. great. And that took me yeah. back to, huh, I haven't played Gaslands in a while. Um, and I did blow up because Gaslands is always supposed to be played with matchbox cars, right? Yeah. Well, there it is there is a section of the book that says if you want to play with a larger scale, specifically 28 millimeter, this is what you need to blow up the templates to be. Uh, and so I last year or the year before, I spoke to Knights of Dice. Gave them the measurements and the templates, and I had them laser cut me a set of 28 millimeter templates for Gaslands. So, oh, that's cool. I'm ready, just waiting. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's when, cool. We are, yeah, we are very much in sync because I have just been re I've just primed uh, another car for Gaslands. Oh, because and? I want to try, I want to try and paint it, um, in a shell shaded. In a in a cell shaded style. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that, and I'm going to give this a try. And I thought a car would be perfect to kind of practice on because of all the flat all the flat surfaces. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to give this a try because I have seen on the Gaslands page some other folk doing it, and mm-hmm. it looks phenomenal. It looks awesome. Right. It looks you know great. I love cell shading. So yeah, hundred yeah, so, percent. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. Um. And and hopefully it works, but. I have been re-looking at Gaslands as well, my friend. <laughs> we are birds of a feather. Um, speaking of which, actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, or I brought it up. One of us brought it up. Um, Segway, I did not have the Segway in mind, but in the mail, I just got uh, Blaster Episode 3, or sorry, Issue 3. Now, Blaster is, it's a games anthology is what they call it. Um, I initially thought it was a magazine, and then I actually got issue three in the mail. It's like 125 pages, um, oh, wow. properly bound, nice cover. It's it's a softback, but it's really nice. Um, and it is a series of articles by some of the best 
I, I guess a lot of them are are or were in the Osprey Studio um, game studio, but they are really great game designers. So we have uh, Mike Hutchinson, of course, creator of Gaslands. Um, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Sutter, uh, I think he did Relic Blade. Um, Joseph McCullough, of course, um, uh, Stargrave, Frostgrave, Rangers of Shadow Deep. Ash Barker, who runs um, the YouTube uh, channel Gorilla Games, but yep. he wrote uh, Gamma Wolves, which is the, the the game where you customize mechs and play in the wastelands. Uh, and Joseph McGuire, who did uh, a number of games, including uh, not Zona Alpha. Um, oh God, why am I blanking on um, the the cyberpunk game that I. Uh, love the lookup. Why can't I think of that? Anyway, um, he can't, he's actually been on the show, embarrassingly. Um, but he is also done, um, this is not a test, so post-apocalyptic gaming. And... Um, yeah, now you... Now right? Be on my mind as well. I know the book is a little bit... Yeah. Uh, um, but there's... Yep. This is awesome. So in this, there is a, a whole game by itself. The first 50 pages are a game called Sludge War, which is like a uh, dark, muddy Napoleonics with magic and knights, um, but otherwise Napoleonics, which is so cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Grave, which is a Cthulhu-esque attachment to Frostgrave. Um, oh, Gaslands Legacy, which explains it's a whole new campaign system for Gaslands. If you want to play a different way, that involves um, something to do with an online website that it gives you the upgrade. So it's it's less of you trying to min max it and you kind of making the best of what you get, which is awesome. Uh, That's cool. And then special rules for Gamma Wolves, um, new types of mechs and pilots. And then an entire new setting to play. This is a test with, uh, and I just oh, I opened wow. this and went, this was not what I was expecting. You know, modern gaming magazines don't you know don't have a ton to them usually. You know, and they're usually half advertisements. There is no advertisements in this. It's full color. Uh, it it feels wow. like a proper book. And you can download it. And I was like, oh, God, how have I missed issue one and two of this? So I was like, oh, no, what do I do now? And so um, I've, I've looked it up. And you can actually buy those on, um, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, probably something like drive through. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. Yep. And, yeah, so Blaster, you can get issues one, two, and three. But, awesome. um, but yeah, there's... Oh, I think the second issue has a game by um, Sean Sutter and by... Um, Mike Hutchinson, um, where they collaborate, that's a little bit like Gaslands, but it's um, magic users, wizards flying around uh, a board on flying carpets, zapping each other with wands. <laughs> and it's like, how did Amazing. I miss that? Like, that sounds <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Amazing. I, th I thought it was just a magazine as well. Right. Um, I, I didn't know it was going to be like that. Neither did I. I'm totally blown away. I might have to do a whole Whoa. episode on Blaster Magazine and have some of the, the authors on because I I cannot believe the quality of it. It is astonishing. It's so good. That's super cool. Well, I love the um 
I guess the front cover to volume three now makes mm-hmm. sense because I did see that pop up on Facebook and I thought, wow, that's really like the artwork was really, really nice. Yeah. Really nice. And the artwork throughout is amazing. And you just go, this is a finished game book. This isn't like a, a monthly magazine, but it's not a monthly cool. magazine. I think issue three took like nine months to come out because they don't smash it out. I think it comes out when they finish it. And so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think game anthology is is the right way to do it. And for those games, those Osprey style games, you know, they don't have the support network that maybe a Games Workshop or a Warlord does to put out certain things. And of course, they do additional PDFs sure. online and all that. But this is just, it's really cool. And, you know, looking at some of these games and going, I don't have that game. I might have to get it now. This looks really good. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Especially since I just got my grubby paws on the newest edition of uh, Frostgrave. But when we start talking yeah. about future episodes of uh, Cast Ice, I think it might be time to call it a day. Jermaine, as always, thank you so much for coming on, man. It has just been so good to talk shop and, you know, catch up. How you like? God, man, thank you again for coming on. No, thank you very much for having me. Um, absolute pleasure. Um, always a pleasure to, to chat with yourself and be asked to be on the show. Thank you. Well, man, I think you and I need to play some serious Necromanda because that was the plan literally a year ago. And then <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> talk about it actually on this podcast. Um, because you and I played a lot of Warcry and that was a hell of a lot of fun. But you know, between the new kill team and square bases and Necromunda <laughs> and 30 K there's a lot of things we need to play. So, um, yep. I'm hoping yep. now I that, will, um, yeah. Yeah. Expect a barrage of six dead messages after this. Yes. Gives yeah. me something to do yep. this weekend. Sweet. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I know this isn't necessarily the usual uh, cast ice format, but uh, I did have a bunch of people say, what, you know, can you actually talk about you for a change? So I did. So there. Um, And that was a, a, a request by you guys. If you have a request of things you would like to hear on the show, I have had a couple of great messages recently and I have written them down. Um, we are hoping to kick out some solid bolt action content in the next week or two. Um, we did have something planned a couple of weeks ago and again last week, but with lockdowns and remote learning and everything else, scheduling has sort of gone out the window and I'm working very, um, I don't want to say seat of my pants because that makes it sound like I'm not preparing for things, but things have been a lot more fluid. Um, So thank you for bearing with us. We will continue with Cast Dice uh, going forward, and hopefully we will be giving you what you would like. If you have a request or you have something that you would like to talk to me about, uh, if you go to the Facebook and you message Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, you will, if you message, you'll get a guaranteed response by myself. Hi, my name's Brad. Um, Just remember, sometimes uh, it takes a little while to get back because I'm in Australia and I sleep sometimes, uh, you know, depending when I can during remote learning. Uh, But I think on that note, I think it's about that time that we call it a day. Uh, And if we're going to call it a day, we got to go with what our old buddy Casey always says, which is when you are playing these games that we know and love, no matter which game it is, I hope your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Ice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.
Gone and that track. 